0: Week five in the NFL gave us probably one of the most boring primetime games we have all seen and two very questionable roughing the passer calls. We dive into this along with all of our other thoughts from week five, our picks going into week six, and much, much more. Fill up those wine glasses.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to another Wednesday with the real football fans of New Jersey. Episode 224 coming at you tonight. Uh, We have the best in the world of football and housewives. As always, we are entering week six of the NFL season. We are mid-October here. Uh, This is going to be our first week with teams on the bye I can't believe that we are heading into BravoCon this weekend. So we have lots of exciting things going on in both worlds. But let's kick off tonight's show with some poll results. We did a poll you guys on our social media outlets. We have three poll questions for you. So let's dive right into it. Let's do it. Question number one, are the Carolina Panthers the worst team in the NFL through five 63% Sixty-three percent of you said yes. Caitlin, what did you say on this? You know, I said no.
0: Um, I think I, you know, I read a couple of uh, power rankings. You know, coming, you know, into into today, uh, you know, knowing we were going to ask this question, uh, a lot of I, I've seen them at the thirty-two spot. <laughs> um, wow. A couple across the board. I just I struggle still looking at teams like. The Texans, you know, I think some, shockingly enough, I think the Colts are off to a really bad start. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just, I I don't know, like, I'm not sold yet to give them the worst team in the NFL. You know, I, I got to say a lot of teams have been up and down so far. I don't think yeah. I'm ready to crown one team, the worst yet, because I had said this weeks ago, I think everyone sucks. this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, And I'm still sticking to it. And I said, I'll give it the five week, six week marker. I'm going to mm-hmm. stretch it out. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a buffer. I'm going to go to like set eight week, seven week eight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just don't think I'm ready to crown someone the worst
1: yet. I'm so glad you said that because my answer is also no, and it's not because I have another team to put in place. I feel as though there are several teams that could be considered the worst right now. I think there are a lot of really bad football teams through five weeks. I'm looking at teams like Washington, Chicago, Houston. I'm even going to throw Denver into that Mm. mix. Watching them in prime time the other night in that atrocious, awful prime time game. I was looking down at their record, seeing two wins and watching that offense. I was like, I can't believe this team has two wins this season. Like, that's how bad it was. So, yes, I think Carolina is definitely at the bottom of the barrel. Probably, you know, bottom three, bottom five for sure. Uh, I just think that there's a huge group of teams that are looking pretty ugly right now. And, and week by week, it kind of changes. I'm not ready to, like you said, crown the worst of the worst. So. Yeah.
0: Well, Katie, breaking news from Twitter, Dalvin Tomlinson just liked my tweet. So I don't know what to do. Woo! with the Super I'm sweating. <laughs> I always yeah, I send Dylan
1: cook on my fantasy team and I thought you were gonna say something bad about <laughs> Dalvin Cook and I was
0: like about to cry. No, it's all positive, but okay, fantasy. Sorry, sorry, fantasy sorry, sorry, sucks sorry, for me sorry. too, right now. But um yes, I, I always send out a, a tweet before the show, like five minutes before, from my personal account saying come watch. Um, and I had posted I got a new Bama sweatshirt. I, I, I he I thought he liked me. He's like, Woo!
1: Dalvin, we miss you. I hope you're I'm watching like, right now. You know. I do. You you talk about Dalvin, and, I, and I'm thinking about, and obviously this happened in the past week, but Landon Collins is back with the New York Giants. Happy to have him. I'm thinking about JPP now with Baltimore. Like, he immediately got into that Baltimore defense and has been making huge plays for them. So. Right. Right. JPP Dalvin, if you also want to like okay. make your way back to us, we would absolutely love it and appreciate it. Baby, come back. You can blame it all <laughs> on me. No, you can actually blame it all on Dave Gettleman because yeah, that's fine. came out and said, "Giants fans, I want you to know. know that I never wanted to leave the Giants, and I the only reason was Dave Gettleman. I Dave know, Gettleman and he didn't and want me, and that's why i and,
0: and that's why maybe it's maybe it's time I I bury my My beef with Landon Collins. So um I still one less jersey I have to buy. So (laughs) exactly. (laughs) All right.
1: Question number two. Who will win? And and I really I can't believe this is not a prime time game. I wish this was a prime time game, but who will win week six's most exciting matchup? The Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs? Maybe this isn't gonna be as close as you would think maybe you can call it an upset 88 percent of you are taking the buffalo bills kansas city the upset
0: pick there what did you go i went buffalo on this one because it's a revenge game you we all know what happened last time it's just so funny someone had posted i i think it was uh, nfl on fox maybe they had posted on um on Instagram, like right before the show, the timeline of the last game and how wild it was quarter per quarter. And then we obviously went into overtime, never leave Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds on the because he will win that game. Um, Yeah. I, it is a revenge game for Buffalo. For me, you know, Buffalo had that game. They should have won that game. And I think they're going into it that with that mentality as well. So, but I, it, I, I don't think while that many voters went with Buffalo, you know, in no way, shape or form do I think this is going to be like a blowout, anything like that. I just I'm in for a good game. Uh, I think we are we're all in for a good game. And I'm just really excited. But I love that revenge factor. Always it always gives me the one up there. So
1: I'm totally content to sit back with my popcorn, watch that game, and watch them go back and forth, points, 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 points. Um, I am going with the Buffalo Bills. I think this more so, because like I said, I think, you know, these are two high-powered offenses, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen at quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give the edge to Buffalo based on their defense, and Kansas City does not have a bad defense by any means, but Buffalo Mm -hmm. has just got – an unbelievable defense you know top three defense i think in the league so i'm going to give them the edge there i'm going well i guess i'm going buffalo that
0: that's a spoiler
1: alert for our picks but oh
0: shoot sorry i did that also, too. i'm just realizing it now
1: too but i yeah yes, I'm, I'm
0: <laughs> sorry guys
1: there's one we gave you a little a little taste
0: that doesn't mean you could drop off now we still got stuff to talk <laughs> about
1: all right and our final question i love this one this is a good housewives one if you could only re-watch one Housewives dinner scene, which would you choose? Roni's Scary Island or New Jersey's Table Flip? 77% of you said Teresa's
0: Table Flip on Real Housewives of New Jersey. Caitlin, what did you go with? The Table Flip, it is iconic. Scary Island is definitely iconic. Um, that just, I think everything with the Table Flip was just she, she didn't like have to do it. It was just such a rage moment of just like, she was so fed up with Danielle, which all of us I think were. And she just took it to like, instead of maybe like jumping across the table and like punching her in the face or like throwing what she just took a whole table and flipped it. So I just, you know what, you know what's (laughs) different about
1: that table flip, by the way, now that like, I'm thinking about it. We've seen, especially on New Jersey, like, even in the last couple seasons, so many times that we've seen it in Salt Lake City where people are throwing wine bottles, wine glasses, uh, silverware, like, throwing things out at a restaurant at a dinner table. Yeah. I'm not saying that those moments are, like, faked. But, yes, Teresa didn't need to flip that table, but I did feel like it was an extremely organic moment like right. it, whereas now i feel like in in the back of my mind i'm almost like these women kind of know that this is this is the behavior that's expected of them this is mm-hmm. what people kind of want to see on tv right so i'm not saying it's faked i think they just know like we gotta we gotta bring the drama right Whereas, like in that moment of that og table flip i really feel like that was just teresa's organic natural blood boiling 100 and this just organically happens so it's a very iconic moment i think probably i've said this before on our show i think people who don't watch housewives um if they could name any moment they'd be like oh remember that t- i know that that woman like flipped that table like i feel mm-hmm. like everybody knows that moment however me personally, my preference of episodes, I'm going with Scary Island. <gasps>
0: oh, plot twist. I think it has to do
1: more so with the fact of like, um just in general, I always really liked Roni OG episodes over yeah. New Jersey OG episodes. I liked the women better. Um, That's fair. And yes. It's like, if you were asking me what's more iconic, the table flip. What episode do I personally like enjoy, uh, watching more? Scary Island. So it was, it's very close, but I do love that Scary Island episode.
0: Yeah, it is good. It is a good one. There's definitely some, you know, the go to sleep line is obviously one of our faves, the but faces, the face, they are
1: the face. Oh my God. It's actually, Shab- yeah. People watch We're it back good. and they're like, oh, it's kind of sad. Like she was clearly like going through like, a oh breakdown. yeah. Wow. But I don't know. It's just anytime I see Scary Island, like, on TV now, I, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I drop everything, and I'm like, I have to watch this.
0: <clears throat> Absolutely. Shout out to Eli. Thank you. One of our trusted followers. Thank you Oh, yeah. You so Eli much. Manning. Eli Manning. It is, it is Eli Manning. It's <laughs> Eli Manning. Now, <laughs> our friend Eli Rax. thank you so much. Gives us so much love on Twitter all the time. You're on YouTube, though, watching. So, love the love on YouTube. Thank you so much much for the support. Obviously, if you guys are watching us live on Facebook, YouTube um, and Twitter right now, you can obviously engage with us. Questions, comments, anything, we will prop you up on the screen and we will engage with you for, we love the engagement. So yeah, thank you for uh, doing our poll. We've got a ton of men across Twitter. Uh, you are buffering like crazy.
1: And she's frozen. There she goes. I'll give her 10 seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right. Well, I will get into the big stories of the week in the world of football. We are going to be doing NFL quick hot topics. And this first one was big breaking news this week. So on Monday, Carolina. I'm back. And she's back. You're very like foggy.
0: But- am I?
1: But you're here. You're here. And you can. Oh. And she's. No, I-, I removed myself. Oh, real quick. Am I foggy still? No, you're good. No,
0: all right, cool. How far
1: along did you get with our hot topic? I didn't. I told the people I would give you 10, 15 seconds to jump oh, cool. back in. So all ahead. right,
0: well, whew, made it just in time. <laughs> so we've got some hot, you know, some uh, hot topics, you know, in regards to, you know, the NFL right now. Uh, just keeping you guys up to date with the latest and greatest. So on Monday, Carolina and announced-
1: and she's frozen again. So on Monday, Carolina announced that they were firing head coach Matt Rule after a one and four start to the season. Um, defensive passing game coordinator slash secondary coach Steve Wilkes is going to replace him as interim coach and will be seriously considered for the full time job. Uh, Rule, who was hired in 2020, finishes in Carolina with an 11 and 27 record. She's back. Um, and I just want to say that I called this one with Matt Rule because yeah. we just played in the game last week. Who we thought was going to be the first coach potentially fired or on the hot seat. I did say Matt Rule. I genuinely believed after this weekend, I was like, he's not making it the full season. Like he is getting fired mid. I I didn't necessarily think after this weekend like this was mm-hmm. it, but I definitely felt it was going to be coming mid season. So I, you know what. If Carolina already had their minds made up on it, there was no need to drag it out and, and waste any more time. Like I said, while while you were frozen, Steve Wilkes yeah. is going to replace him as the interim head coach. Mm-hmm. And they are looking at him as a serious candidate to fill in that position permanently. So you might as well give him the opportunity with – you know we're uh we're five games in so you've got 12 more regular season games to see this is a perfect opportunity to see if this is going to be the guy or if you're going to you know conduct other interviews
0: yeah so i mean obviously steve wilkes is their defensive passing game coordinator and secondary coach they actually also parted ways with their defensive coordinator as well so uh, a couple of personnel movements there for them mm-hmm. um but also you know so yeah so uh, 2020. You know, that was the year of a lot of head coach changes. You know, Matt Rule was an option for the New York Giants. So Matt Rule was the hot name in in that off season. For he a- is a college coach, though. In my opinion, he will yeah. go back and he will be successful in college. Given yes. whether someone's knocking on the door right now, I mean, listen, there's a couple of spots open in college right now. I I wouldn't be surprised if that day. He was- I,
1: I think I think in the next
0: week or two, he can have a college job. For you me, I walk. think he needs to take a little bit of a breather. Um, it's been a rough two years, but um I would just take a breather if I was him because the it's for college, it's always gonna be on the table. So yeah. Yep. Uh but yep, you finished with Carolina eleven and twenty-seven record. So it's not particularly surprising to see that. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got more news out of Carolina. Quarterback Baker Mayfield did suffer a high ankle sprain in Sunday's game and is expected to be out for at least a couple of weeks. P.J. Walker is in line to replace him. Um, it's been a tough start for Baker, who produced you know, his lowest passer rating of his career to the point this season. So yeah, it sucks for me. He was I voted him comeback player of the year. <laughs> um, really rough there. I just, we're getting, we all said that we'd get Three different types of Baker this season. Unfortunately, we are getting the the bad one that's just really not not producing. So, well, I, I want to make I want to make a little bit of an argument,
1: uh, not like saying that Baker like is is a good NFL quarterback or not. Mm-hmm. More so of like, I don't think he should shoulder all of the blame. Um, no, I I agree. I, I I had somebody comment. I was talking to a friend earlier who was saying that they, they do blame Baker and they feel as though if Sam Darnold was still in the position of starting quarterback for them, that he would do better than Baker is. We saw Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback mm-hmm. for Carolina. It wasn't good. I think it's the right. same exact thing, but then you have to question, okay, like Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield do have opportunities to be, game managing NFL starting quarterbacks. You have to look at the rest of the team and look at the fact that both of those quarterbacks have been unsuccessful with that team. So right. Baker's not playing well. You can't sugarcoat it, but I think it is a total team effort of everybody failing collectively.
0: Yeah. All right. And out of Seattle running back Rashad Penny will miss the rest of the 2022 season after he broke his Fibula, and injured his tibia. My sister would be so proud of me of saying those two words. She's loves human body parts, not in a creepy way. (laughs) Let's just preface that she's a science. Yeah, she's not Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. I was going to say she's not, she's not Jeffrey Dahmer, just something she studied in school. But the amount of times I've heard the word fibula and tibia in the world, uh, he did this in Sunday's game. He's going to undergo surgery and faces a four month recovery should be healthy by the start of the 2023 season when he'll be free agent. So looking here at Kenneth Walker, uh, the third, who is a rookie, uh, to see more action without Penny there. So, Listen, a, a blow you, to you up in
1: your fantasy leagues, people. I tried to, and yeah. six other people in my league also put in a claim <laughs> for him. So I did not get him. But uh, yeah, well, don't forget like Seattle lost Chris Carson. He retired yeah. early, obviously, after that massive injury he had last year. And then, you know, looking at Rashad Penny, he's gone. And, and mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, understandably, like he's a rookie, but. Sometimes rookies just have to get thrown to the wolves and just yep. see if they can prevail. So this could uh, be
0: his his saving. I don't know. This could be good for him. I don't it, know. It, we'll be, see. it could be great for him. It could yep. be great for him. So uh, we'll see what he's got. Yep. So uh, again, just uh, luckily we're a little bit lighter on the injuries yeah. this past week. Uh, I think four. you know, <laughs> weeks one through four were a tad tad bumpy for us, but yeah, yeah we'll keep keep you guys up to date with all the news and everything week after week. So
1: yeah, well, weeks one through four in the NFL were crazy and it is staying consistent through week five. God.
0: Um, this is, this is the craziest year. I say I it every believe,
1: year. Truly believe it. And, and I know it is because every week when we make our picks, I, I don't feel confident about no. any of them. It's like throwing no. spaghetti at the wall yes. to see what sticks. All right, so week five, let's discuss it. Um, right. I'm going to call this the most boring primetime game in the history of <laughs> the NFL. We finished with a 12-9 overtime win for Indy over Denver. I went to bet. I, I don't have Twitter, but – Sometimes when I just know that like, oh, my gosh, this has to be like trending, this has to be a big thing. I'll just Google like Mm -hmm. I think I Googled like Thursday night football tweets just and I was reading them all and people were losing their shit over how boring this game was. And I'm watching with my husband and I'm like, if this game goes into overtime, I think Twitter is going to break. Like, honestly, like the people were fired up and pissed off. Well, people it's- left the stadium when it went into <laughs> overtime. Like there was um a random news station that came up on Instagram who like they were a local news station covering the game. And after the game, they straight up apologized on behalf of the fact that people had to watch that game. It was so so bad
0: welcome to the 12 um, o'clock news sorry for that shit show you just had to launch
1: like i don't want to like completely blame the nfl listen before the, this nfl season started if you told me that indy was going to be playing russell wilson and the denver broncos right sounded like a good game before the season started now both teams have looked like shit. It's been yep. a weird year, and then we got that, and this is what they produce. But now the Broncos have another primetime. Yeah. They well, gave that, that, I will blame the NFL for. Like, Just, I, I understand yeah. that Russell Wilson, but I don't know why they needed to get every primetime slot.
0: No, it's because the friggin' NFL drank the Kool Aid with Russell Wilson going to the Broncos and thinking they were going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. And uh uh-uh.
1: uh. Uh-huh. Not so far. Um, the New York football giants huge comeback win 27 22 upset over Green Bay in London with some huge late defensive stops. I mean, Quiet. I think this was Wing Bartendale coached a hell of a freaking game yep. as defensive coordinator yep. for the New York giants. Um, holding Aaron Rodgers scoreless in the second half, you know, there were we were, 17-3. we were down seven three, we were down 20 10. Mm-hmm. uh that was unbelievably impressive as far as the defense goes Love and then it. you know obviously Saquon's continuing on offense you know being the being the powerhouse and spark plug for the offense Daniel Jones had a nice game banged up clearly you could see he was still like you know moving gingerly yeah. with the ankle from the week before um, but just being gutsy and still understanding, like my team relies on me to run the ball when I need to, and I, I still got to go out there and perform. So
0: hats off to him. Honestly, Daniel Jones has had a hell of a season so yeah. far. Uh, he really is taking a lot of the criticism, you know, and really taking this team on his back. So I'm yeah. loving everything Saquon's doing, but you know, hats off to Daniel Jones. Cause he's yeah. really can't he's, ever question sure. the heart mm-hmm.
1: of the toughness. So no. I definitely appreciate that about DJ. Um, the Chargers they held on for a thirty to twenty eight win over Cleveland. That was a really good game. Um, yeah, did with kicker Cade York missing a fifty four yard uh, field goal with eleven seconds left. Um, so that that was one that went back and forth, and yeah, came down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback Bailey Zabby and New England they shut out Detroit twenty nine 0 Not only did I take Detroit. But going into week five, Detroit was the number one offense in the national football league. And you shut them out 29, nothing with Bailey Zappi. Like what the hell?
0: Bailey Zappi is also Mac Jones. In my opinion, if you look at both of them in their helmets, (laughs) they are the same human being. Like it's terrifying. I think we might get Mac Jones back this
1: week. I know they're kind of hopeful that he'll play this weekend, but I'm just like, I almost would like to see more of this, Kid, only for his sake to potentially get other opportunities right. in the future. Um, but hell of a performance by the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of hell, uh crazy, crazy performances, Taysom Hill had three rushing touchdowns for New Orleans to help them beat Seattle thirty yeah. to thirty-two. Seattle, you know that's a loss, but the, again, thirty-two points. That that offense is just clicking. Who would have mm-hmm. ever guessed? Miami quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously filling in for an injured Tua Tungabaloa also suffered a concussion early in that game and was replaced by seventh round draft pick Skylar Thompson in the team's 40 to
0: 17. I didn't even know who that the backup backup was. I had to like Google. I mean, he's a seventh round draft pick. So uh, no word yet
1: on whether Teddy or Tua will be available for this weekend.
0: Tua is not. I heard that yeah. earlier. He Teddy, is out. I think, you know, he's still yeah.
1: in Russian protocol, and that uh, <clears throat> might be a game-time decision right before. Uh, but I think right now everybody just needs to prepare for Skylar Thompson. So. Yeah, um, Arizona kicker Matt Amendola missed a 43 yard game time field goal for uh Philly to remain undefeated. F you, so, Matt Amendola. F you, thank you for that. Give him the Eli uh,
0: double birds
1: on the other side of the uh kicking gods. We had Baltimore kicker <laughs> the goat, the goat, the goat. Justin Tucker, he made a 43-yard game-winning field goal. And let's also not forget that earlier in the game, he made a 58-yard field goal to help uh the Baltimore Ravens beat their division rival, yep. Cincinnati Bengals, 19 to 17. I mean, when he kicked that 58-yarder and he made that, I-, I said to my husband, I'm like, I think this is gonna come down to the fact that he made that field goal. Yeah. Like, this is gonna be like a one-point. Three point game.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be
1: because of Justin. And you
0: just love that his team is putting that trust on him in the middle of the game to hit a 58 yarder. Oh, yeah. I love that. You've got to freaking love that. I'll send him out every time. Every time. Um, No question. Kansas
1: City, they hung on to beat Las Vegas 30 to 29 after Las Vegas decided to go for two instead of kick a game time extra uh, point late in the game. What did you think about that? I I really thought they should have kicked it. Yeah. I mean,
0: uh, I don't know. It's when these situations come at large, like if they were to, you know, go for two and get it, you know, it's you're the hero and it's everything like that. Um, but if – I don't know. It, it's really it's really tough because um, tying – because then you need to trust your team then to tie the game to go because the tie is almost guaranteed. Obviously, knock on wood, you know, sometimes right, it's really right. not. With kickers these days, you never know. You need to think in your head, tying – you're now going into an extra set of time with Kansas City. You just, yeah. um, like, really um, – fought it out for four quarters. So now you want to take it again. You want to bring it to another set. Do you think you can really, your team can physically hang on? I'm not sure. So I actually, I don't disagree with going for two on this one. Um, I just think that offensively on paper, the Raiders are very talented. We spoke about this going into the season. We haven't seen, this like powerhouse of a team so far this season, mm-hmm. except for now. I mean, you're going neck and neck with Kansas city. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I see where you're coming from. I just think of the aftermath having to go again and I just don't think they have the endurance to keep up with them. They would have lost in overtime. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, t- it's a tough
1: call. It it's really a is a very tough call. I, at the time when I saw it, I, I and and still now, I feel like they should have gone gone for the tying regulation, going to overtime. But yeah, you know, unfortunately, it's it's been a rough start for Vegas. But I'm not willing to count them out just yet. I know yeah. I, I um we were we pulled everybody and asked them mm-hmm. what they thought about the Carolina Panthers, and I have one of our listeners message me and say, no, it's the Raiders. And I'm like, no, 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 nah, nah, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not to throw the Raiders no. at the bottom of the barrel. I'm not even ready to throw the Ra- Raiders in the bottom five, bottom no, six. No,
0: no, not yet, not yet. I named so many other teams.
1: Like, I understand what their record looks like, but they are not – that's not who they are. That record does not represent the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah,
0: but doesn't our week five thoughts – fully tap into our mindset of uh, the Panthers not being in that bottom. Look at these scores. You know, Vegas finally starts to hang on with Kansas City. You know, you have the Detroit Lions being shut out by New England with a backup quarterback. Yeah. You have, you know, New Orleans and Seattle, 39 to 32. It's, you know, the Giants are beating the Packers. I mean, I'm going to pat yeah. ourselves in the back of that. But there's so many question marks around every single team right now. I mean, uh, the only I feel like the only two teams that are kind of terrifying are, are, playing, are playing each other this weekend. Well, no, Kansas, I, I, Kansas I, I, no, but Kansas City sometimes is a little throwing yeah, me and off runs sometimes.
1: Lost to the Colts, but I,
0: I think the. Like the Bills and the Eagles are like, but even the Eagles coming down to a final field goal with Arizona, I think they're a lot better than Arizona. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's a, and I think these thoughts just really wrap up our, you know, what we had said earlier, so. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Oh, but with that being said, as much as we love football season, it's a little exhausting going into week six oh Week six, with how crazy this season has been so far. But as we do every single week, we are going to go through each matchup. We are going to give you our picks, one lock and one upset. Just a friendly reminder, teams are on buys this week for yes. the first time. So you are seeing um, a little bit less uh, picks from us so just obviously keep that in mind fantasy wise and then also just you know you have less games this week so uh all games Thursday to Monday night Katie why don't you go ahead and kick us off here all
1: right this was a tough week I know I say count. This every week but I, gotta I really count. felt like I was 50 50 no it was it was I agree I agree so and I don't feel good of, like my lock I, I was like who do I pick as a lock I, I don't feel, feel really good so, um, in week six, I am taking Chicago, San Fran, New England, Green Bay, Indy, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, the Rams, Arizona, Buffalo, Philly, and the Chargers. My lock is going to be the Rams over the Carolina Panthers hmm. and my upset is going to be New England over Cleveland.
0: All right. I think we have nine similar. I got a little distracted. Two fire trucks came into my complex. Oh. <laughs> I'm a little, now I'm a little nervous about that too. I don't see anything. I don't see you blazing. But yes, yeah, so I got a little, I think we got nine though. I think I got a, okay. a little distracted okay. though. Um, all right. So my picks for the week, I am going with Chicago, the 49ers, Cleveland, the Packers. Jacksonville, Minnesota, New Orleans, the Giants, Tampa Bay, the Rams, Arizona, Buffalo, the Eagles, and wrapping up Monday night with the Denver Broncos. Woo! My lock is the San Francisco 49ers over the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And as you heard Katie go, Ooh, my upset <laughs> Is the Denver Broncos over the Los Angeles Chargers? Listen, guys, the Chargers is my, you know, I picked them to win the freaking Super Bowl. So I'm (laughs) really going to get underperforming a little bit. Underperforming. uh, Let's talk about the Denver Broncos severely underperforming. Uh, We're seeing the Broncos in prime time yet again, like we had said earlier, uh, I don't even know if it necessarily comes down to Russell Wilson, maybe cracking, finally getting, you know, doing things, doing Russell Wilson things. Every week I say this has to be the week where Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson. I think it might be the team around him that finally gets it done, or or it might be you know severe mistakes uh, from from the Chargers. So had to go with an upset for sure. But again, Katie, like you had said, there's some games on here that I'm still shaky on. I don't know if I (laughs) if I'm fully confident going into this week. So, but I must say my my upset last week, or my one, I think it was the Jets over Miami. Yeah, I think I know your upset
1: was Tampa Bay over Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta over Tampa Bay. I didn't get that right. Well, you did pick the Giants to beat Green Bay, and you did pick the Jets to beat Miami. But your lock was Atlanta over Tampa Bay. My, I mean, upset. My upset was Houston over Jacksonville. So that came to fruition.
0: Okay. So, yeah, if you guys are looking at the Jets and the Giants, I mean, just come after me. Great picks. Great picks. (laughs) I just took a picture of them, so I have them on file. So, (laughs) great picks. Great picks.
1: All right, so let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of Housewives. We are going to jump back to football for our game in a little bit. But we do have some Housewives quick hot topics for you. So a lot of rapid fire things going on in the world of Housewives. But on Monday, this, this is a very sad one. Um, on Monday, former, former Atlanta cast member Nene Leakes uh, shared on her Instagram story that her 23-year-old son, Brent, suffered uh, congestive uh, heart failure. Heart failure and a stroke uh, two mm. weeks ago. So he's not out of the woods. Um, she shared that he's currently having trouble speaking, Ugh. and tests are still being run to uh, to figure out what caused it. Yeah. She did clarify that he's not somebody that does drugs. He mm. doesn't even drink. Um, <clears throat> you know, some people are are they are curious if maybe he had COVID and there were underlying health issues i want that um but they don't know right now and this
0: happened two weeks ago so that's yeah. really scary um, really sad i mean obviously they just lost she just lost her husband right. um and now this that's just
1: right so hopefully they get answers um yeah and obviously like you know with a stroke a stroke is very scary like you can you can become partially paralyzed. You could have trouble speaking. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully, hopefully that changes because that's obviously extremely scary. Right yeah, now. So, hope so. Yeah. So prayers uh, for Nini's son. And Absolutely. That's better. Uh, according to a new report from Bravo and Cocktails, there is a rumored Real Housewives of Dallas reboot. That is set to be announced this weekend at BravoCon. So that might be one of the big BravoCon Mm -hmm. things that breaks this weekend. Um, Stephanie Holman and Deandra Simmons are supposed to return as, you know, returning cast members with the cast of Women. So we will see if that gets announced this weekend. We'll let you guys know.
0: I feel like it's not really a reboot if you're going to bring back two people. Yeah. It's yeah. been off the air now for like two years, three years. I guess that's but. why they're
1: calling it a reboot, though. Like, we're, we're yeah. coming back and we're going to look yeah. different. And I don't know. Um, Real, Housewives, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City's Jen Shaw just had her upcoming sen- sentencing postponed due to a scheduling conflict. I feel like this always happens with court cases. Um, The sentencing was supposed to happen on November 28th, but will now be on December 15th. Jen previously agreed to a plea deal uh, and faces up to 168 months. We did the math for you. That's 14 years in prison. That is just wild. It's really wild. And that was the plea deal. Like, yeah, shit. So um, I don't know what's going on with. Obviously, her former assistant, Stuart, who is also who is also pleaded guilty. So we'll see what happens with his case. Uh, listen, the way September and October are moving, like September move and the way October is going, December 15th is going to be here. Snap of your fingers. So. Yeah. Uh, We're going to see what happens with Jen. Obviously, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is currently airing, um, and I've watched the first two episodes, and it is extremely awkward and uncomfortable watching Jen still plead her innocence, crying that she never did anything wrong, and then knowing, like, fast forward, like, you are going to admit to it, and you are going to plead guilty. So very, very awkward watching, but- Very uh, awkward. Yeah. More BravoCon news, the drama between the cast of The Real Hospice in New Jersey is so bad that their BravoCon panel has now been split into two. So they were all supposed to appear together on the same day, and now they have broken up the group. Half of them will appear on Friday, half will appear on Saturday. So Jackie and Evan... Melissa and Joe and Margaret and Joe will now appear on Friday, so we will not see them. We're going to be there on Saturday mm-hmm. when we will see Jennifer and Bill, Dolores and Frank, and Teresa and Louie. Caitlin, how, how do you feel about this? Do you, like? Who are you going to miss? Are you are, If you had to pick one day or one group or the other, are you happy with who we get to see on Saturday?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm actually happy with who we're going to see on Saturday. Um, I know you, obviously you had, when you had sent this over to me, you were like, Oh, Dolores and Frank, like, I'm so happy we're seeing the two of them. Um, I'm interested to see like Teresa and Louie, like how they're interacting, like after the big wedding, the honeymoon, things like that. Um, I don't know. I probably, it's not even like Melissa. I'm, I, I don't want to miss Joe Gorga. You know what I mean? He's always the, the highlight of the room. Um, where I'm coming at from a fan perspective, though, but I understand this is a big event with a lot of people and whatever. Like, give the people what they want. Like, put them all on stage. Put Make this well, a reunion.
1: Like, put them all on stage. Like, well, it's interesting you say give the people what they want because thinking about this now, I feel like having Jennifer, Bill, Dolores, and Frank, and Teresa, and Louie be on Saturdays, almost calling them like the A group and the Friday group right. calling them the B group. Because Saturday is going to be the big day. You know, a lot of people, yes, there's a lot of people that get the three-day passes. But I'm sure the majority of people get a one-day pass. 100%. And a lot of those people are not going to take off of work on a Friday to go to BravoCon. They're going to go on Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. So to me, it feels like Bravo was like, okay, who's our star-studded group? Who's like the A list, right? And I feel like with everything that's gone on, especially in Teresa's world and everything with the wedding, like you said, I feel like they're like the front runners. They're the stars. Yeah. So I am very like, listen, I'm gonna miss everybody from from Friday. And if I had to pick a group, it's more so that I would pick the couple of Dolores and and Frank. Like I, I need, yeah. to them. so I'm very happy that we get them. But yes, that is everything happening in the world of Housewives. And like I said, like I've been saying this episode, we will be at BravoCon this weekend. And Yay! I have a thing. we're going to hear some hot, juicy topics, rumors, announcements. I am very much so looking forward to sharing that
0: with all of you guys. Absolutely. All righty, let's get into our game for this episode. We are playing The Tale of the Quarterback, Picks for Week 6. We have played this in the past before. We're taking a look at every week six game and saying which quarterback for each matchup is going to have the better game. So we've got all the matchups here for you guys. We've got all the quarterbacks and we have a little bit of a bonus for you, but I will wait until the end of all of the games that we go through. Uh, We'll do that little bonus. So Let's just go down the list here, uh, Katie. Let's start with uh, Washington, Carson Wentz, um, and then Chicago's Justin Fields. Who do you think is going to have the better game? Uh, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. Justin Fields has more
1: interceptions than he does mm. touchdowns through five weeks. Yeah. He's got four picks. He only has three touchdowns uh, through five games. And they simply don't let him throw the ball enough. They just don't. So Carson Wentz could easily – I'm not saying that Washington is good. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is good. But we've seen plenty of games where Carson Wentz comes in, throws for 250-plus, 300-plus. Whereas Justin Fields maybe completes like seven passes the entire game. So I'm going with Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah, it's interesting for these games. Obviously, we're, we're really diving into the stats and, you know, opening up Justin Fields. is. I, I was a little taken back by, like, I knew he wasn't doing, putting up these monster numbers. But I was so taken back with how, how low everything was. And to see that interception count higher than the touchdowns was really eye-opening. Um, and I think, so i go with Carson Wentz too. And again, it's, it's really off to what you had said. Like he, you know, isn't that great? You know, Washington's not that great, but over the past five games, numbers are being placed out there for him. I mean, Carson yes. and Carson Wentz is fifth in passing yards right now,
1: by the right. way.
0: So yeah. So he's one
1: quarterback who is allowed to throw the ball versus another quarterback. Who's
0: now. just just not, Absolutely. All right, let's move over to San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo and Atlanta. We got Marcus Mariota. All right, so I'm, I'm looking at defenses on this one, and okay. I'm going to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is
1: going to have the better game because the 49ers defense has been on fire. They terrify me. They are so scary. Marcus Mariota is going to have his hands full with them this weekend. I'm going with Jimmy.
0: I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo as well. And to my knowledge, Marcus Mariota did not, did go went two games without a touchdown um, or maybe a passing touchdown. I think it's something, it's like a wild stat like that. Um, it could have been, yeah, something like that. I think he literally went two games without so far in the season without maybe a passing. I'm sure he probably passed, oh, excuse me, rush off to someone. Um, but yeah, so for me, you know, it if you're, your starting NFL's quarterback, you know, you got, it's, you gotta be scoring touchdowns. You know, you brought up the Detroit lions before one of the top, the top offense and not scoring in one game. You just can't have that happen these days. Right. Uh, so for me, I got to go with Jimmy on this one. So, okay. and I got to find out what that's, I'm pretty sure it is, but anyone here's watching, please. Feel free to fact check me. Um, all right, let's go with New England. Mac Jones, uh, listen, we are seeing a potentially a week six return. So we're going to go with him on this one here. So as we uh, like go into the details here. Uh, and then we have Cleveland. Jacoby Percet.
1: This is one of ones that I don't have like a ton of numbers to support my cause. It's just kind of like a gut thing. Uh, I'm going to go with Jacoby Percet. I really mm. want to like say hats off to him because... Obviously, he's filling in while Deshaun Watson is not able to play for Cleveland just yet. And I think he's doing a hell of a job. I really yep. do. Uh, we saw Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback last year. I think Jacoby's doing a much better job than Baker did last year. And uh, I think he's playing really good, really good football. I think he deserves, sorry to hate on Marcus Mariota with our with our last matchup. But I just feel like if Geno Smith and Marcus Mariota are starters in this league right now, I think Jacoby Brissett deserves a chance as well. So hopefully after this, obviously Deshaun's going to be coming back Mm -hmm. in. Hopefully Jacoby gets a shot uh, to be a starter, maybe somewhere else.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm going with uh, Jacoby Brissett as well. Uh, Even if we see Mac Jones come back, uh, he's coming off of a pretty painful injury Uh, and really had little to, uh, you know, no downtime, to be honest. so, and I just, Matt Jones is a good quarterback. Uh, I just think I 100% agree with you with what we've seen so far from Jacoby Brissett uh, in that offense with Cleveland. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with go with him there as well. Yep. All right. With the New York Jets, we've got Zach Wilson going up against Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. It's just, it's one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game versus Zach Wilson, who I want
1: to say is, has played really nicely. He's done well so far, uh, but I'm
0: going Aaron Rodgers. Me too. And it's it's one of those things where you just at this point, there's I wouldn't even field an argument against this. So. All right, let's go with Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence going up against Indianapolis, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I have
1: to say that I thought this was a really close one. Um, I am going with Matt Ryan, but uh, I it's kind of because like I have Indy winning. So I'm just going to give the edge Mm -hmm. to Matt Ryan. But I thought this was a real 50 50 toss up.
0: Yeah, and I, it's clearly, we're just <laughs> totally different on this one because my I, I have Jacksonville winning this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it really, it does just come down to that at that point. So, yeah. uh-huh. all right, Minnesota, we got Kirk Cousins against uh, Miami with Skylar Thompson. Uh, we had said earlier, Tua is definitely out. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater obviously still up in, in the air. So we're just going to go with Skylar on this one and just kind of see how that goes. But uh, who do you have with Kirk Cousins and Skylar Thompson? Kirk Cousins. But you know what? Yeah. I'm going to
1: use this opportunity to give a shout out to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think I realized until like after, you know, week five had concluded that Minnesota has a four and one record right now. I didn't. I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I They're not, not showing it, Katie. They're not I showing it. I did not realize it. So I want to give them credit. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they do have a four and one record. And I know someone, I think it was last week, somebody asked us like, do Do we still, who's going to win the NFC North? And we were like, well, it's not up for discussion. It's still the Packers. Like, you never know. Like, Minnesota is yeah. going to contend for that division. Right. So good for them.
0: Oh, sorry. Lost my word document for a second there. Okay. Oh, and I went with Kirk Cousins as well. Sorry, I didn't even answer the question. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not looking at the screen. But yes, sorry. Um, yes, I'm going with Kirk Cousins as well. Uh, and really, it it's mainly just off of a seventh round pick at quarterback. So it's kind of just, I don't know. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, so Cincinnati, you got Joe Burrow versus uh, New Orleans' Jameis Winston. If Jameis is healthy and is making the start. Joe Burrow. Just like him better. Um, so uh, Simple for me, yeah, I, I went with Jameis Winston though, uh, okay. Katie, cause I, I, I like New Orleans defense and we've already seen so far this season, Joe Burrow and that offensive line struggle against defenses who are going to yeah. put the pressure on. Um, and you know, Joe Burrow, is he's, he's finally caught up to throwing the touchdowns over to his interceptions, but he can have a really another shit game, uh, when he's just, you know, really he's fumbling it interceptions things like that so I, I went with Jameis on this one so all right all right we got Baltimore we got Lamar Jackson versus the New York Giants Daniel Jones which I gotta tell you Katie I mean I'll let you obviously speak but I feel like I, three four weeks ago this would have been an easy pick for me but I really I really looked at it I looked at it hard so
1: Calling this one the duel of the rushing quarterbacks. Um, one as as much as one does it nicely, one does it superbly. I'm <laughs> with Lamar Jackson. Um, also, just I, you know, I'm not just looking at them as rushers. Obviously, right. um, Lamar Jackson is one of the one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I think Baltimore has been one of the top teams so far um, this season, and I I think he's going to continue. I did pick Baltimore to win this game. I know you picked the Giants. I'm going with Lamar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I am going with Lamar Jackson as well. And really my reasoning behind it was that I actually have more faith. Um, Oh, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I So I think that, uh, the Ravens defense is very good. Mm-hmm. I think shadily enough in five weeks, they've kind of like shown up and then maybe scaled back a little bit and then shown up a little bit more. Uh, I think, you know, I, I did pick the giants to win. Um, but The Giants are finding ways to to do shit. That's why I think that's That's the easiest way to put it. They're finding ways to win. Um, But from a quarterback perspective, we might see Daniel Jones get shut down a little bit from that defensive aspect. Um, And I just think Lamar Jackson has everything kind of going in his entire circle. So it'll be a little bit of a struggle for the Giants defense to get there and kind of shut it down. But Who knows? It might be back and forth, but just between the two of them and kind of all of those aspects. I just went with Lamar on this one. All right. All right. In Tampa Bay, we have Tom Brady versus newly starting Kenny Pickett. So in Pittsburgh. So
1: the best quarterback of all time versus, you know, a guy who's getting his third start or second start, technically. He, you know, right. Right. Wow. So getting his second start. I'm going
0: with Tom Brady. Me too. And again, I just, I I don't open this up to, to argument or anyone who wants to come. All right. We Carolina, we got PJ Walker who will start over Baker Mayfield versus Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. And this is my lock pick. The Rams over the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with Matthew Stafford as well. Just based off, you know, someone coming off. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Circumstantial. So. Right. All right, Arizona, Kyler Murray versus Seattle's Geno Smith. So I'm
1: labeling this one along with Trevor Lawrence and Matt Ryan as my other closest one. Yeah. I felt like this was a 50-50 one. Nope. Um, and who the, if, if someone had said that to me before the NFL season, I'd be like, you have got to be shitting me. You drop. Um, I am going to, again, give the edge to the winning quarterback who I picked to win this game. I'm going with Arizona's Kyler Murray
0: yeah so listen i have arizona winning as well um but i i'm going with geno smith he has shocked all of us i think yeah. this season uh and it's not even just like a shock factor of just like performance i'm looking at him from a poised perspective you know i i think of a poised quarterback i actually No bias. I am wearing my Bama gear. I think of Alabama's quarterbacks. You know, if you are a college football fan over the years, you know, they produce quarterbacks that are very poised in the pocket. They're slow, not slow in a bad way. They kind of take their time. They adjust. They move things up and down the field. Geno Smith has been showing us that over the last five weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I did pick Arizona to win, but I still think we're going to see some good things from Geno Smith. And that's why Oh, I do. too. I do, too. Had to, I just had to pick him on
1: this one? This could be a very you know similar score to what Seattle had this past week. I, I mm-hmm. think it could be a high-scoring game, right? Um, and yes, I'm not picking gino but it, his stat line is not going to shock me if it's if it's a really nice stat line as well.
0: All right, Buffalo, Josh Allen versus Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. All right, I'm looking at the defense again, and I
1: think Patrick Mahomes is facing the tougher defense. I'm going to go with Josh Allen.
0: I'm going with Josh Allen as well. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes has done, you know, the unthinkable sometimes in some games this season. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I think for me, when I think of Josh Allen, I think I'd said it like, two, three episodes ago, you know, he's a big guy and he's getting stuff done. He's going to do it. He's going to move that ball. He's going to move himself, maneuver himself into ways that your question you don't even know how he's going to do it. And like you had just said, coming down to that defensive factor. So going to go with Josh Allen here as well. All right. All right. Dallas, uh, we're going to say Cooper rush here. Uh, We do have Dak Prescott status uh, still up in the air. My personal opinion, even if Dak comes back healthy, I think it should be a quarterback competition, but, but that's, that's just me. Uh, so we are going to say Cooper rush is the starter versus Philadelphia's Jalen Hurts. So a nice, nice little division rival. We got here.
1: Hats off to Cooper rush and everything that he has done, obviously uh, filling in very nicely for Dak Prescott. So well, so that yes, People are wondering and questioning, is this going to be a decision when Dak is healthy of who should play? So, bravo to Cooper Rush. Sucks for us to see you doing well. I uh, Jalen Hurts has looked like one of the strongest quarterbacks uh, so far this season. I'm going with Jalen.
0: I'm going with Jalen as well. It's just undoubtedly just an outstanding season so far from him. Yep. So. All right, and then we're going with Denver. We got Russell Wilson in prime time again versus the Los Angeles Chargers in Justin Herbert. I
1: know this is your upset pick, um, Denver beating the Chargers. And I know earlier I said every week I say to myself, this is going to be the week <laughs> that Russell has an actual Russell game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's not going to happen. I'm going to say that it, the poor play from Russell Wilson is going to continue into this week, and I'm going Justin Herbert.
0: Yeah, so I'm picking Justin Herbert as well. Um, I did say earlier that I think Denver is going to find a way to win the game in other areas. Denver's got a very good defense. Yeah. They're, I do. I think they have the top
1: pass defense in the
0: league right now. Right. So it, in that aspect, you know, that's why I, I – I, went bold and picked them as my upset from a quarterback perspective, though. I'm still going to go with Justin Herbert on this one. So. All right. All right. A little bit of a bonus here. So everyone take their seats. We are not done with this game. Which three quarterbacks do you think are going to have the best performances this weekend? So uh, no
1: particular order here. I'm going with Tom Brady. I said Tom Brady and the Bucs going against a rookie quarterback. And the second worst passing defense in the league is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think that uh, we're going to see a good performance from Brady. Matthew Stafford, uh, he is in my lock pick of the week. I think he's going to tear apart the Carolina defense. And last but not least, you could almost pick like both of these guys in this game. But I'm going to go with Josh Allen against Kansas City. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a signature MVP performance from Josh Allen to beat an amazing Kansas city chiefs team.
0: All right. Well, we only had one similar. Um, so mine are in no particular order as well. I'm going with Jalen hurts, Josh Allen, and to spice things up, I'm throwing Geno Smith into the mix to have one of the best performances from a quarterback this weekend. So Get it, boy. I won't hate it. I won't be mad at it. You get, get it spicy. It. I'm still a little mad that you started over Eli Manning. But get it spicy. Get it spicy. <laughs> that was not his fault. Okay. It wasn't, but he did send out a weird tweet recently that I didn't like. So I, I, I won't. I'll have to pull up the receipt, but I didn't appreciate. it. I didn't appreciate it. Okay. It was something like against Eli. Maybe you like get
1: it off your chest for the future. But for now, Maybe. get it off. Get it off your chest for now positive, negative, housewives, football, life, wine, uh, what we are looking forward to for week six, what we're looking forward to for Bravo Com. What do you got?
0: All right. So this past week, obviously, we had another wild and crazy week in the NFL. What, what I was not expecting was a wild and crazy week when it's calling certain fouls and penalties on certain teams. So we're starting with the Falcons and the Buccaneers, and you have a wild roughing the passer call against Tom Brady. It's Grady Jarrett, a defensive lineman on the Falcons who takes Brady down in my opinion, a normal way. Um, I was actually, I tweeted it out. I was actually picked up on bleacher report. Really funny situation. They had a string of tweets. It really was, I didn't get that much uh, clout from it. I thought I'd get a little bit more. Um, it was just like, here's the fandom's response to, you know, this thing. And yeah. I had just like quote tweeted something. And I was like, that's what we like to call a sack. So I was like, what are your thoughts on this roughing the passer? I was like, that's a sack question mark. Yeah. And it, sorry, not question mark, quote unquote, like sincerely was a sack. So you, you kind of end the weekend and you're like, you know what? Could it get any worse? No. Uh, Wrong. It could get worse. Another bad roughing the passer call. Holy guacamole. We literally are at the Kansas City uh, Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raider. The Ch- uh, Chiefs defensive this, this lineman.
1: Was, this was the one that I watched happen live. So I, I watched both. Yeah. This one.
0: Literally, Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones. I got to tell you, Katie, this was probably the best defensive plays all season. All season, yeah. or some can argue one of the best defensive plays you've probably have ever seen. If you are a young person watching NFL football, major, major props to Chris Jones. But unfortunately, his strip sack, which I think was, was roughing the passer, called roughing the passer. Again, mind-boggling. Uh, two horrendous calls. You know, I remember years back, where they literally stripped all of the NFL refs for one season because they were doing such a poor job of play calling. They were taking people off the street. They were retraining current NFL refs. I think they need to do that again. And I'm clearly not the only one, and people are taking notice because the NFL's competition committee is planning to discuss this Uh you know, after the season, because of how outraged these two calls have been. So earlier this week, I guess well, you know, it's already Wednesday, Monday and Tuesday. This is already NFL owners have been complaining. Other people have been complaining. So this in this, what is considered roughing the passer is going to be discussed after this season. What's shitty about that is that we still have X amount of games right to go through with what right. is roughing the passer. Right. It's, and I what, what's yeah. shitty about what's shitty about it is the the
1: factor of of that specific game. Yeah. Okay, Kansas City only won by one point against a division rival. That was the in that point in the game when Chris Jones made that sack. I'm yep. gonna call it a sack. Um that was at a critical yep. critical point in the game. And then that penalty. Kept the drive alive for Las Vegas. I think they got three on it. Got three points on it. Went into halftime. This was a one-point game against somebody in your division. That, like, I'm, I'm very thankful that the Chiefs won this game because I would almost be sick. And I'm not even a Chiefs fan. No, I would be sick if they had lost. And, and that could have easily been one of the reasons why. Yeah um i I will say as outraged as i am and i know everybody is seeing both of those plays outrage but not surprised whatsoever. I mean, what did we all expect after what we just saw with Tua? You knew that the refs were going to come out and really make these like gingerly like, oh my God, we have to like be really safe and make sure we're protecting everybody. Not surprised whatsoever. Then
0: why didn't we see it in every single game? That's what pisses me off so much. You chose, first of all, you choose Tom Brady. So people are throwing up flags for that because they're like, oh, just because this 45-year-old man chose to freaking play another season in the NFL that was a softer hit in my opinion against Derek Carr Uh, I honestly I just it's I am all for protecting players what we saw against Tua and what we've seen in the past is really horrific and I'm not going to take away from that at all literally no but A sack is a crucial part of the NFL. I think of guys, Katie, like I think of Kayvon Thibodeau, one of the best pass rushers to come from college football into the NFL to play for the New York Giants. He is taught how to play his position. He is taught how to sack a quarterback. My one tweet literally after the uh, Kansas City-Vegas game that, you know, picked up a lot of traction was, imagine being taught how to do your job You do it perfectly. Everything that anyone has ever told you, you do. And then you get in trouble for it. Everything you were supposed to do. And I wrote, welcome to the NFL. I think of a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau coming in. He wants to make a big friggin' impression. And the way way defensive ends get paid in this league is when they produce sacks. Yep. Like, so you cannot, all of it's not equaling up. And you just can't do certain things like that. You heard some of the refs in that, you know, the KC Vegas game afterwards. Katie, you heard them on the mic. They were freaking nervous to make calls after that because they were getting booed to the end of time. I just again, it's not waiting till the end of the season to discuss this is far too long. Discuss it right now. You yeah. have the personnel to do it. It's yeah. the NFL. If you overturn something halfway through the season, Who the hell is going to give a shit? Like, just figure it out. Figure it out. You have the people to do it. You have the resources to do it. Figure it out. Day by day, I got to tell you, the NFL is becoming more of an embarrassment as an organization, as a league. Um, Everything they do, from everything with Deshaun Watson, to what is roughing the passer, to what is a catch, apparently, you don't even know these days. It's becoming critically embarrassing. So, I don't know. Figure it out. That's my get it off my chest. Well, speaking of embarrassing,
1: I'm calling out Sports (laughs) Illustrated for my get it off my chest. Do it. Um, I was, uh, I like to every week, you know, look at power rankings. Not so much so in the past, but now that the Giants have been winning, I really enjoy reading power (laughs) 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 rankings. So that's been fun. Um, How the
0: times have changed.
1: (laughs) I've been reading power rankings a lot more instead of mock drafts. (laughs) Um, So... This week I took notice to Sports Illustrated. Obviously, uh, you know, the Giants, speaking of the Giants, they're coming off that that huge upset win against the Green Bay Packers. And I pull up Sports Illustrated's power rankings and was stunned and shocked and d- didn't understand how they had the Green Bay Packers at four. Four yeah. overall, their number four team. The Packers are three and two. They obviously just lost to the Giants who, you know, I think that nobody really was either picking them or believes that even though the Giants are four one, that they're a better team than the Packers. Um, this makes no sense to me. And and I'm even sitting here thinking like, you know how I said that, you know, this was a really hard week making our picks. I even was sitting there asking myself, could the Jets beat Green Bay this weekend? Maybe. I I Maybe. thought, that. I thought yeah. about it. But then Sports <laughs> Illustrated has them at four. So yeah. I want to call them out. And I was like, am I crazy? Like, it. is it is it me? No. I did fact-checking. I pulled up receipts. Bleacher Report has, uh, had Green Bay this week at number 11 in their power rankings. NFL.com had them at eight. CBS Sports had them at nine. Um, I asked the third party their opinion. I said, look at, look at all 32 teams right now. I didn't give any background information. I just said... How many teams do you think are better than the Packers right now so far this season? The person told me 11 teams. I can name 11 teams that I think are better than the Packers right now. Sports Illustrated. Just so you guys know, um, I, I will say their top three teams, so you don't think I'm leaving them out. They had Buffalo at one, Kansas City at two, they had Philly at three. I'm sure Philly fans would probably love to argue that that positioning as well. Yeah. Um, And so then I'm just gonna round out the top 10. These are the teams that they have after the Green Bay Packers in order: Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is better. Baltimore, Baltimore is better. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Dallas is better. Even with you know with Cooper Rush, Dallas right now is better. The Chargers, Miami, and San Fran. Think, That's yeah. rounding out the top ten. I could even go further. They've got like the Rams at eleven. I yeah. think they're better than Green Bay right now. So I I don't know where I. I don't know
0: who the writer must Four be. is aggressive. The Wait.
1: the writer of for uh, Sports Illustrated must be from Wisconsin. I don't <laughs> really understand where they're coming up with this. It can't be one of those things where you're thinking of Green Day from the past. You have yeah. to think of the present. Yeah. They cannot be at four. I don't understand this. No. And now I know not to even trust Sports Illustrated with their power rankings and not even to take what they say into no. consideration. So
0: Now, Sports Illustrated sucks. Yes, I just, you know,
1: obviously I'm not a – I don't like the Packers, and I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. No. But all bias aside, all hatred aside, this made no sense to me, and I had to call it out. Yeah.
0: There is no bias. It's – you just – straight facts. Literally everything you And this was coming off a – this was coming off a lot. Like, did you – To the Giants. Did
1: you move Green Bay up in the rankings after this loss to the Giants? I don't understand
0: cuz like how does that make sense because yeah. like and like I wouldn't like significantly like toss them over the bridge but like no like four does not make sense no at all really not but ooh it's they're telling you Katie these these weeks are exhausting with everything that I, we're and
1: in. I think I think it's really hard to evaluate teams right now no it's doubt. so hard nope. team the weirdest shit ever but that was that to me was a blatant mistake mm. and, and pulling the receipts on the other three big, big sports outlets, big football outlets, and seeing where they position them. That was the correct positioning.
0: It is. I'm going to tell you, this season right now is up for grabs. (laughs) It really is. I can't wait for the playoffs. Anyone. I know, right? Let's just, let's get there see what happens. Because I don't (laughs) know who's, I don't know who's playing in the damn playoffs this year all righty so as we wrap up tonight's episode thank you guys so much for joining us uh real housewives of beverly hills uh reunion part one uh it is wednesday It did start tonight at 8 p.m uh apparently this is going to be a real real hot reunion so if you're into it definitely tune in real houses of salt lake city is into its third episode it is on wednesdays so tonight at 9 p.m Real Housewives of Potomac is starting up a new season. We are on episode two. It's on Sundays at 8 p.m. So if you are football fans as well, we just request that you guys probably DVR that. Don't DVR a football game. DVR Housewives. You can always, you catch up on that later. Bravo Con 2022, the three-day event is this weekend, October 14th through the 16th in New York City. It is at the Javits Center. You can still buy tickets if you want. I'm shocked you can still buy tickets. Uh, 2020 was completely sold out. Uh, Katie and I are going on Saturday, so we were so excited to get there, see everyone. We will definitely break some, any news that's going to happen, but uh, be prepared for all the All the content and then our recap next Wednesday. NFL week six, Thursday night football is Washington at Chicago. I guess watch that at your own risk. Seems like a pretty boring game, in my opinion. Sunday night football is Dallas versus Philly. That is one you got to. I'm excited that one of these teams is going to
1: lose this (laughs) week.
0: Yes. And like, just like, I don't want Dallas to win, but it's like Philly's going to lose sometime. So. Uh, and we already lost to Dallas, so if Philly loses to Dallas, that's cool. That puts us in the right track. So, and then Monday Night Football, unfortunately, it's Denver again versus the Chargers. But who knows? Maybe it'll shape up to be a good game. College football, we got a ton of great games for you guys this week. Number five, Michigan versus number ten, Penn State. Number three, I have no idea why you guys knocked us down to number three, but a big F you to college football. (laughs) I want to let you know, I watched the game for you. I watched like
1: the majority of the second half and, and I, I I thought they were going to lose. And I was like, Caitlin will never be invited to the state of Alabama ever again. Stop. We have a backup
0: quarterback. Leave us alone. (laughs) Leave us alone. Um, We are, uh, Alabama is playing number six Tennessee. This is a huge rivalry game. So I'm so excited for that one. Uh, number eight, Oklahoma State is uh, versus number 13, TCU. Number 15, NC State versus number 18, Syracuse. Number 16, Mississippi State versus number 22, uh, Kentucky. I'm looking forward to that one as well. And then we have number seven, USC versus number 20, Utah. So we have a loaded football slate for you guys this weekend. As always, Katie and I will be turning on our Housewives hat on Saturday, but we'll tune back in for the foosball on Sunday. But as always, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. And we will catch you next week. Or catch you at BravoCon. Or catch you at BravoCon. Let right. us know if you're going. Woohoo! All right. Good night. Good night.